0: Romans chapter 12, you know Romans chapter 12, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies, God wants us to present our bodies, our flesh, He wants us to present our bodies, uh, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? I know the preacher has preached through Romans. We talked about that today. Preachers like to talk about preaching. Fancy that. And, uh, and so I know you know those verses. You probably memorized those verses at, at some time. But I want you to come down to verse 10. Remember this morning we looked at Hebrews 13.1. Say it with me. Let brotherly love continue. And even though we're trying to defend biblical definitions, even if those definitions be hate, hate and love being linked together, what you uh, love, the opposite of that, you'll probably hate and that these are good things. I want to end tonight uh, again in verse 10. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. We talked about that this morning as well. Preferred above presidents and princes. Not slothful in business. We oftentimes use that verse and we talk about our work, our business around the house or our business in our jobs. But that's really talking about the business of the work of the Lord. And this is the business of the work of the Lord. No, we paid the pastor to do that. And can I tell you something? Pastors will run themselves ragged without pay. Ain't no pastor worth his mud ever going to do a good job for pay. Amen? We're going to do it because we're going to work harder than we'd work in any other realm because we're going to answer to God and because you are a flock of sheep and God hath called us to be a shepherd. And the Bible says it's a good work. So we're not going to be slothful in it but I want to preach on the next phrase. Read it with me. Three words. Fervent in spirit. Let's do it again. Fervent in spirit. Heavenly Father, help us to know what this means. Fervent in spirit. And Lord, make our spirits fervent. And Father, help us to function with a radical heat. Lord, that moves things. And God, I pray that this dear preacher would be no hireling that these folks have hired to do some things. But Father, he be the mighty captain of a mighty gospel ship. With people who also will willingly work fervently the business of the Lord. And have hot spirits in fervency serving the Lord. And who, Lord, he could easily take into harm's way. And who would function together with him as he serves you, as he grows this church, and uh, Lord, as you lead and guide and direct him to take a lead, uh, even amongst his generation. And so, God, we ask this with uh, every hope and every assurance that, Father, you constantly work in your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, The word fervent is not one that we use a lot today. That's why I use the word hot. Fervent, zeontes. And it means to burn with heat. I like to uh, take my boys backpacking. We've done it forever. And we have a basement full of backpacking stuff. And we just find some ugly spot on the map that no one's ever been. And we determine to go get lost. We backpack in a couple of days. And we stay a couple of days. And we backpack out a couple of days. And then we go to McDonald's. (laughs) We act tough and then we go have a burger and a, and a Coke to burn it all the way down, you know. Um, but one of the things that we do out there is we, we do what's called bushcrafting. We take our axe and our saw and our knives and our little tools and we, we compete as to see who can make what. We'll make shelters and we'll make ladders and we'll make the dumbest things. We made a bushcraft Pop-Tart toaster one time just with sticks. And, uh, and so we like to do those those uh, those kind of things. But uh, one time we uh, uh, found a, a rock and it was holding some water and we were boiling, uh, we were putting rocks in the fire and then putting them in the water. And we did this all weekend until we got a rock hot enough that we could put it in the water and it would instantly boil. I mean, forget the Keurig, you know what I'm saying? I mean, this is just Nature 101. You get that rock hot enough, you put it in some in some water, and that water begins to steam, just like that. And that's the concept that the Bible's talking about here. Be fervent in your spirit. Let the Lord in all the way. The Bible talks about sometimes when we dismiss His spirit, or sometimes when we frustrate His spirit. Sometimes we quench His spirit. We want Him a little bit, but we don't let Him in a lot. And Paul here in Romans is saying along with all these other instructions that all relate really to love, loving our brethren, and serving the Lord in His business. But he says this, Be fervent in your spirit. Let the Lord come in and make your spirit boil instantly. Now I'm not talking about some charismatic experience that comes and that goes, and that you desire to be healthy and rich. <laughs> I'm not just talking about that kind of concept. I'm talking about letting the Lord come in and have all of you. Being fervent in spirit. Christ in you. The Holy Spirit inside of your spirit. An excellent spirit is not a human made thing. It's the spirit of God inside of a spirit of man. Adjusting your attitude. And making you preferred above presidents and princes. Now, you cooperate with the Lord in that, but He's the one that makes you attractive. He's the one that lifts you up and gives you favor. And um, being fervent in spirit is connected to that, although we were in the Old Testament to, to, uh, this morning, we're in the New Testament tonight. It's tied to the word zealousness, but not in a human sense. The Bible doesn't want us to be lukewarm. He wants us to be Hot spiritually. Sometimes you gotta come to church Sunday morning, Sunday school, and Sunday night before you get there. Can I get a witness? Amen. You ever feel that preacher? Like, boy, Sunday night is like I can everybody's with the Holy Spirit's working, everybody's kind of untied and and and, and ready to go. Good for you, but you know what? It ought not be that way. You ought to come with expectation. Come with Preparation Come with spiritual prayer and expectation. God, speak to me at church today. Move that man of God. Let the Word of God be your voice to me. Us fundamentalists, we don't want to hear God's voice. We got the Word of God. Isn't that stupid? No, this is the voice of God. He is alive. He does speak. He wants you to know Him. He reveals Himself to you. He's got instruction for you. He wants to help you through your trials. There is special assignment for you. If you will hear. Jesus said, if you have ears to hear. It usually starts with tuning in. So we come with that expectation. Did you know, number one tonight, I just got three points. I went long today, so I got to go short tonight. It's the divine pastoral measurement system. (laughs) Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. God said, let us make man in our image. Did you get that? Let us, plural. Make man in our, plural, image. The word is Elohim. Him, yim, is like an apostrophe S in the Hebrew. And so God in the counsel of His will, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Why did God need to be a trinity? You know why? Because when He purposed in love to marry us, and that's really what it is. It's a love story through and through. When He purposed to do that, He was going to utilize his tripartite. He was going to utilize this plurality. He was going to utilize that in creation and in redemption. The Bible talks about God creating, Jesus creating, the Holy Spirit creating. The Bible talks about God saving, Jesus saving, and the Holy Spirit saving. And so why did that have to happen? Because he loves you. Because he was going to make a way to defeat All the old laws that he set in place. And all the old enemies that would come against him. And every excuse that would be made was taken care of in this wonderful trinity. We're made in that image. Meaning, we also are a trinity. Now, we're not God. But he has made us in his image. Let us make man in our image. We're a three-part being. Now, we just read that Paul's talking about we ought to offer our body. But we're more than our body. Most of you know your body because you looked in the mirror today and you either went, looked and went, yeah. Or you went, ugh. <laughs> Sometimes I'm self-inflated. I look in the mirror and think, yeah, all right, pretty good. you doing good, Doug. 50. Woo! And then I ask my wife and she goes, oh. I'm colorblind. So you go, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> we know our bodies, don't we? How many of you even today, don't raise your hand, how many of you even today you say, you know, I have a headache or my, my joints hurt or you, you, you know your body, don't you? Some of you even work your body out. You're careful at what you eat. You do your push-ups. You run on the treadmill and you try to take care of your body. You want to be strong. You want to be able. And that's good. We should know our bodies. We should take care of our bodies. The Bible says it's a temple. And we should take care of it like we take care of the church. Cut the grass. Amen. Make it smell good. I know you ladies in the late. I don't go in the ladies' restroom, but but I understand it always smells sweet in there. So we're made in the image of God, a body, but also a soul. Bodies are Tabernacles, they're temporary. God will one day glorify our bodies. But our souls he made everlasting. No soul will ever just disintegrate. Every soul will be forever. Forever with God or forever without God. Forever in his heaven that he's made for us. Or forever in a hell that wasn't intended for us. But that's where the soul will go. Most of us know our body, but we don't know our soul that well. We know it a little bit. Your soul is your mind, what you think. How many of you know your mind and what you think? Some of you do and some of you don't. Right? The men are all going, she doesn't know. She doesn't know her mind. Uh, But you know what you think about something. We were to just say Michigan State. You'd have some thoughts. <laughs> One way or the other. Right? You know what you think. You know what your thoughts are. God says, if you, if you lack some wisdom, ask me. I'll tell you what to think. Hallelujah. That's what church is good for. Not just our mind and our thoughts, <clears throat> but our heart. These words are used interchangeably in Scripture. The Bible says, guard your heart. Protect your soul. It's an eternal thing. And out of that is where all the particular issues of your life are going to come from. That's why I say the culture, any culture, is just the total sum of what that people think about God. That's that's an easy definition about culture. And you and I, we're saved. We ought to have a gospel culture in our life, in our thinking, in our hearts, what we love and what we hate. that culture ought to spread in our home and ought to spread amongst our children, and then we ought to stand our ground with it. Not give in, Christian, when someone tells us you can have that opinion to yourself and you can have those words in your own church. No, those words were not meant to be held within ourselves. Those words were meant to go out of us. Go! Jesus said, I've got all authority. Go ye into all the world, into the whole cosmos. Preach the gospel. Tell people what this is. Now, that's hard to do. Sometimes that's hard. I understand that. I get scared sometimes. And I've been doing this a long time. And I get nervous sometimes about that. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And that's just not my courage, beloved. That's your courage. God would have you have that courage because your eternal soul, what you think and and what you feel, what you love and what you don't. And then your will. And your will is what you want. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What was he saying? He was saying, I'm just going to go where the shepherd tells me. I'm going to surrender my will to him. I just trust that wherever he lays me down, I can eat that grass. And whatever path he's on, I'm going to be protected in it. Amen. Bible, you know, you're a shepherd. This is your flock. David says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so, preacher, you have some spiritual... You have some spiritual archetypes. You have a rod and a staff. You know what they are? Baptism and the Lord's Supper. Those are the spiritual tools that you have to bring people along, to get them in the flock, and then to keep them in the flock. They're spiritual tools. It's your spiritual authority that you have. And uh, it's powerful for building and growing and maintaining a healthy church. We're a body, we're a soul but we're also a spirit. You are physically what we see today and you are immaterially what you're thinking and what you're loving and what you're wanting. Be careful about what you want. You can know your body and you can know your soul. Feed your soul good music. Feed your soul good literature. Feed your soul good friendships. Be disciplined even in your soul. You can know your mind. You can know your, You can strengthen your body. You can strengthen your soul as well. David said, I will make my soul boast in the Lord. See, he was turning his will. Sometimes I don't want to praise God, but I will make myself praise God. And that's the idea of disciplining your soul. But God also made you, beloved, and this, this is such a, a rejoicing in my heart. I'm not your pastor, but I'm a shepherd of sorts. And, man, do I love you like your pastor loves you. And when I see out here your bodies, praise God, give them a living sacrifice unto God. And when I see your dear souls, I know I'm going to be with you for eternity. And let's exercise our souls so that we please God in them together. But, beloved, it is so exciting to think that you are a spirit God made you a spirit. He is a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And He made us in His image a body, a soul, and a spirit. Now, most of us know our body and we know our soul a little bit. Most of us don't really know our spirit. You ever seen a little kid that didn't quite have control of his body yet? And and we just kind of think, well, yeah, that's a little kid. He can do that. But if one of the deacons came down the aisle doing this, we'd say, we need to have a meeting. That guy needs to get out of here because he can't control his body. How do we have friendships and then sometimes break up those friendships? Because of knowing each other's soul. But God has made you a spirit and told you to be fervent in your spirit. If I was your coach, I would say, you need to practice and get in shape. That's your body. If I was your teacher, I would say you need to read this book and memorize this passage and you need to discipline your mind and strengthen your soul. But tonight, beloved, I get to be your prophet. And I want to tell you that you are spirit. And you need to be mighty in spirit. And you need to be fervent in spirit. Not weak in spirit. Not walking around, not understanding your spirit. But understanding what your spirit is. Understanding it's what God made you and how you are made. And really, it's the best part of you. The Bible says that we're dead in trespasses and sin. And it might be talking about some future sense of our body, but we have our body. It might ultimately be talking about some dragging down of our soul to hell. But what it's really talking about is your sin and the darkness, the darkness And the depth of blindness of your spirit. When you're lost, your your spirit doesn't know where it's at. Most lost people don't know they have one. There's a God-shaped void for their spirit and they try to fill it with learning. And they try to fill it with work. And they try to fill it with money. And they try to fill it with relationships. Sometimes going from relationship to relationship to relationship. The wrong definitions say, you know what? Immorality is love, and they try to fill it with love, and really they're filling it with immorality. Everybody is a spirit, lost and saved. Everybody's a spirit, and everybody has a design in them, just like God has a design of a nation, God has a design of a man. And He made that man able to know Him. Jesus said that God is a spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Now, you can't have a relationship with God that's just body. You can't just have a church full of bodies and that be okay. You can't just turn your soul in and of yourself. You're not able to. If you were able to, we wouldn't need Jesus on the cross. We wouldn't need the Holy Spirit to come down. And seal us. God's made you a wonderful body. He's made you a wonderful soul. But he's made you the spirit. Born dead in trespasses and sin. It's an empty opening. Jesus called the Pharisees Pharisees, sepulchers. And he was speaking to them spiritually. And so the world tries religion. And, and, And they try a religion that makes their body bow towards Mecca. Or or they try a religion that tries to garner their soul in some new age, cross your legs. I could never do one of these yoga religions. (laughs) Amen. I couldn't do it. I I couldn't be a swami or a yogi or or whatever. I couldn't sit there and and, and do like some of these guys do. and, And trying to empty themselves and the oneness of their soul with God. And you can never get to God that way. There are lies. Satan said, Hath God said, Let me show you another way. That's what Satan said. This morning we read, I hate every false way. There's really only one way. Jesus said, I'm the way. The truth and the life. Not many ways, one way. Not many truths, one truth. You're made in the image of God. Turn to 1 Thessalonians and... Chapter 5, verse 23. Praise God for your Bibles. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Get this. And the very God of peace. Not any God. A lot of people have a lot of relationships with a lot of gods. And the very God of peace. sanctify you, what's that word? W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy, completely. Yes, your body. Yes, your soul. All of your thoughts. All of your desires. All of your wants. All of your motivations. And I pray God your whole, read it with me. Spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I tell you something? God cut this covenant with His Son and then offered to us in grace and then we by faith take hold of it and that's the only way. That's the only way. It's not a 50-50 proposition between us and God. It's all of Him. And He says if you'll just believe, if you'll just trust then I'll take care of you, body, soul, and spirit. And I'll sanctify you wholly and completely and make you able to enter my heaven. Because no darkness will enter his heaven. This is why God made himself the way he made himself. This is why God made us the way he made us. Do you realize angels are not really made in the image of God? They're to be loyal... They were disobedient, and the ones that are disobedient have no redemption. Redemption's not for them, redemption's for us. Fallen angels had no blood sacrificed for them, they had no covenant between God and His Son for them. Beloved, we are the special creation. They are higher than us for a season, but there'll be a day where the Bible says we'll be higher than them and we will judge them. Then for all of eternity, They will be like household brothers. But they're really there for us. We're the the royalty. We're the kinship. Man, what a special creation we are. And it's because he made us after his image and in his likeness, bodies, souls, and spirit. Number one, you're made in the image of God. You're a spirit. Number two, you are a spirit quickened by God. That's a good King James Bible word. Remember the... Quick chocolate milk or quick strawberry milk. Remember that? It was quick was the brand. Yeah. And I don't know if it was a bunny or whatever, but they would, bunny would get the quick and he would put it in the milk and he would spurt up and then he would eat it and then <laughs> he could just go quick. Right? If I drink chocolate milk today, I have to take a nap <laughs> for that. <laughs> we go to Ephesians this time. Ephesians chapter 2 I'm going to read these first 10 verses to you Ephesians chapter 2 therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which I'm in Hebrews, I'm not in, uh, in Ephesians here I knew that didn't at all sound like what I wanted my church loves to beat me to the text amen, and you got there, good here we go Ephesians chapter 2. And you hath he what? Quickened. Who were dead in trespasses. He made you a body, soul, and spirit, but your spirit was in darkness. It wasn't alive. Dead in trespasses and sins. Where in time past, ye walked according to the course of this world. By the way, that was a fallen course of this world. How many of you walked in the fallen course of this world at some time in your life? You don't raise your hand, you're lying. Because it's all of us. According to the prince of the power of the air, we were spiritually deceived. Our forefathers were, our parents were, we were. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Do you realize that our dear governor, the head of our dear civil rights commission, our dear attorney general, they are made in the image of God. They have a body, they have a soul, and they have a spirit, but they're blind, they're in darkness, and they're following the Prince of the Power of the Air, just like we were. Therefore, our battle is not really against them. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Against this guy, and against all his minions, among whom also we all had our conversation a good word for culture, in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, that's our body, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind, that's our soul, and we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. There's no difference between us and reprobates in Lansing. We all are made in the image of God, and we were all darkened in our spirits. We ought to be careful in our judgments. You say, preacher, you said we got to love right and we got to hate right. Yes, but we ought to be responsible with those emotions, we ought to let let god be true and every man a liar i'll have the emotion that god will have but god who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us and thought of us and came up with the story of himself and the bride that's how the book starts That's how the book ends and the spirit and the bride say, come. God purposed to be in love and to make the thing that he would be in love with and to perfect the thing that he would be in love with. Even when we were dead, that's our spirit, in sins, hath quickened us. Together with Christ, by grace are you saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. You know what's there? Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, how we love Him. How we love Him. Especially those of you who got a little gray hair. Aren't you glad that God's brought you from just a basic understanding of Christ to here you're closer to Him than, you, than ever? You might be breaths away or days away, and yet He's brought you to richer understanding and you, you're not totally concerned with your body much anymore. And you've even all set aside a lot of what you think in your mind and what you want in your heart and the, your motivations because you know what? God has ultimately made me for this spiritual reign. He made me. And even in darkness he saved me. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. Unto good works. Which God hath before ordained. That we should walk in them. Twice here we see the word quickened. The word quickened. Means to turn the pilot light on in our spirit. You ever had to light the pilot light on anything? You have to look in there. Once, the, once God has lit the pilot light in your spirit, it will not go out. Will not go out. God has cut a covenant with Himself and He has made that the plan. And when that plan takes place in your spirit and you become alive to the knowledge of your sin and alive to the knowledge of your Savior, He lights that pilot light and glory, hallelujah, the Spirit enters in. With all of his brightness and all of his truth. In him there is no darkness at all. And it shines and burns off all the dross. And it works its way through your spirit into your soul. God working from the inside out. The Bible says this is a two-edged sword. Which cuts to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. This is the spiritual tool. This is the spiritual food. This is the spiritual exercise that makes you fervent in spirit. It's what God wants for you. It's what His intention is for you. It's going to happen. Don't fight it. How many of have ever had a a, a trainer? I did one time. And of course, all trainers are like... Right? They all look good in a t-shirt. And I just need a big old loose t-shirt. And they say... You're doing good, Doug. I'm like, I did four push-ups, man. Don't patronize me. I'm not paying you by the push-up. But the Holy Spirit is such a great motivator. He, He woos us in love as a gentleman. And who are we to say no to that? And then God sometimes will love us and whom he loves, he chastens us because he's going to do this work in us throughout the course of our lives. And so we rejoice in our stripes, Paul says. I rejoice in my stripes. I boast in my stripes because I needed to be put down and God loved me and he quickened me and he made me alive. And then he formed me up. Paul's boasting about Being shipwrecked and beaten and all those things. Paul needed all of that to knock out all that Pharisaical righteousness and nonsense out of him. Amen. Can you testify to that? Lord's done a work in me. Lord, do some more. Do some more. You're made in the image of God. You're you're a quickened, you're a spirit quickened by God. Listen, Satan's a spirit, the angels are spirits, everybody's a spirit, but you are a spirit who's been quickened. Some of his creation can't be quickened. Some of his creation is fighting against him and doesn't want to be quickened. He's fighting against the truth. Quickening is like being animated. I tell teenagers this is a good word, you guys play a game, you're playing a video game, and your guy dies. You're trying to get to love, battle level 14, trying to kill the tank. And you're going and your guy dies, but what happens? He doesn't really die. You get another life. And he respawns there and you got to keep going. And, and the Lord sp- spawns inside of us in his spirit. And it's what makes us alive. When I was a kid, I loved school. I, I loved being a student, but sometimes a teacher would drone. Like Charlie Brown's teacher. I had that teacher. <laughs> and sometimes I would sit with my textbook. I would sit with my textbook. And I would drone, I would take a little pencil, and I would make a a little stick figure of a guy. And then I would turn the page, brother, and I'd make another little stick figure. And pretty soon, I had a whole book full of stick figures. And you could turn the book different ways. And I had that guy running across the page, crawling up the page, shooting a gun over here. And all you had to do was go like this. (laughs) It was nothing but lines and circles. But I quickened it. I gave it life. I animated it. I made it into what it was going to be. I took it where it was going to go. And oh hallelujah that all my decisions are not mine. Because I would have made a whole bunch of them. I'd be in the wrong places every day. But God hath quickened me. Colossians 2.13 And you hath he quickened together with him. Having forgiven you all trespasses. Glory, hallelujah. Last thing, you're made in the image of God. You're a spirit. You're a spirit, unique and quickened by God. And he wants you to be fervent because he intends for you to be not just a spiritual man. He intends for you to be a spiritual warrior. That's his own verbiage. He's the captain of the hosts. He goes out and fights for us. Joshua saw a man and he said, are you for us or are you against us? And he said, no, 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 no! you get behind me, buddy. I'm here to take over. Amen? I'm not here for you, against you. You get in my line. You get with me. And our Heavenly Father as a spirit is a warrior. And aren't you glad? One day soon and very soon, he's coming back on a white steed." He's going to have a sword of righteousness that comes out of his mouth and that takes every joker that's ever cursed him or done us wrong and slays them. And the Bible says in the valley of Jehoshaphat the blood is going to run bridal high. And then all those that mocked us and came against us are going to be made to bow and see our love. He's a warrior spirit. But he intends for us that get to a point of understanding and that get to a point of spiritual maturity and that means spiritual exercise. We learn our spiritual selves. You see, I've got some health issues and so every day I, I know who Doug Levesque is. Ouch. See? And uh, I've been brought up a certain way. Certain things I've had to take away from the way I, I was. I don't have an excuse to say, well, I'm a Levesque, that's just the way I am. If you were to meet all my kin, you would realize, Brother Doug, you're not as weird as we thought. <laughs> <laughs> but my Heavenly Father has made me a spirit. And He's quickened me. And He's enlightened me. And so that's now to spill over into my soul. That, that now changes what I think. It changes what I love. It determines what I hate. It determines what motivates me. David says, Lord's my shepherd, I'm not going to want. I'm not going to be... Self-interested. Satan always dwells in your self-interest. You're going to make a decision. You say, what's best for me? Should I go here or should I go there? Should I take this job or that job? Should I go to this church or that church? Should I take this imbibe or not take this imbibe? Most of us in our flesh and in our own souls will do what is in our self-interest. But the devil knows that's where he's going to go set the mind. We're not ignorant of, the, of, the, of Satan's devices. He has, he has a special trap with a pastor's wife's name on it. He's been doing this a long time. Pastor's wives get self-interested. He knows where to set that trap and where to be. But where to be spiritually fervent? Where to be spiritual warriors? And where to counter-trap? And what that means is When you have a couple of choices, and this one seems to be more self-interested, more self-gain in this choice than that choice, don't take that choice. Now that's counterintuitive. That's not how the world logics in their soul. But that's how you and I spiritually emphasize the Spirit and act in the Spirit. Satan is in your self-interest. He's not for you, really. But he's going to find where you're self-interested. All he has to do is watch you for a couple days. All he has to do is look at what you Google. All he has to do is is see who you are and how you are. And by the way, he knows how humans are. And then he's going to set up for you in your self-interest. And so what? Die to yourself. Die to yourself. This is spiritual. This is spiritual might. This is spiritual strength. You are made in the image of God, a spirit. The spirit quickens you and animates you. And he makes you a warrior. Ephesians chapter 6, you know the passage. Be strong in the spirit, the Bible says. Now be strong. Have some muscles for crying out loud, guys. Amen? Ladies, come on. Work on it. Paint that barn. All passage. Work on your soul. You can't sit and watch Fox News all day. You'll want to slit your wrists. It won't feed your soul. It'll, it'll trouble your soul. Put other things in your soul. Find other things. Make a way. I, I know that my words are challenging you. And it's okay. It's okay. Be challenged. Be strong in the Spirit. His Spirit's in you. When he says put on the whole armor of God, he's not talking about us from our bodies putting on armor of God. He's talking about Christ's own hands in you. He's in me. He said, It's better that you have my spirit in you. Because when my spirit's in you, that's the seal, that's what God sees, and you're saved. Nothing can touch you. And his hands come out and do what? What's the first thing you put on? Loins girt about with truth. You got your human sexuality right. You are morally pure. It's the first thing that Jesus puts his hands out, puts on you. Shouldn't you start every day with that? Isn't it hard to go through a day and not lust or want or have sensual thoughts? Isn't sensuality everywhere? Isn't that a great battle for men and women of every age today? Don't you want to get it Right? God says it's spiritual. And how? And if him out of your spirits, he puts on, he girds your loins and he girds, girds them about with truth. Christ is truth. And then what does he do? He puts on the breastplate of righteousness. In the Hebrew, you've heard, of the, you've heard of the term El Shaddai. Almighty God, most high God. That word Shad is the word chest. El Shaddai. He's the most high God. If you imagine God and all the Righteous angels and all the unrighteous angels and then all the saints of times past and we're all there and all of our spiritual being. Who's the biggest guy with the biggest cut? It's God. He's El Shaddai. He is the chest. Wow. And when he, Christ, puts on the breastplate of righteousness, he's putting his own chestplate on you. Remember, David said, I can't wear that. <laughs> Let me just go out and throw rocks, man, because that's what I do. But Christ spiritually makes you strong when you commit to that daily and you realize then righteousness. I'm right. You see, the Holy Spirit doesn't work in the commodity of guilt. If you're saved and the Holy Spirit's with you, He's taken away guilt. The devil is an accuser of the brethren. And so the devil's always going to go to you and say, You're no good. You call yourself a Christian. Oh, I bet if pastor knew that you what kind of church member you really were. And that's the kind of stuff that the devil throws at you. But that's not the stuff that the Holy Spirit throws at you. Now, the Spirit of God might use some shame. But that's different than guilt. The Holy Spirit, if you are spiritually strong, He's going to put up there and say, Doug, you're right as God is right. Let God be true and every man a liar. Can I tell you something? My beliefs... About what a man is, a woman is, and marriage is. is right. It's right from the throne of eternity. It's right. Where do you get that from? Well, I'm just an arrogant fellow. <laughs> Not really. I've certified self-interest. I'm a humble fellow. But I speak as one having authority because God's given me authority. And so he puts on the breastplate of righteousness. So through the day I go and say, Doug, you're going to be right today. You're going to live right today. I don't live every day sinless, but I've lived some days that I think I went to bed and couldn't recall. Couldn't, re- re- couldn't recall the flesh acting out against God. Glory, hallelujah. I can't put two of those together, but I'm trying. Amen? And then what does he do? The next thing he puts on your feet, shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. you ever seen a boxer a football player, a basketball player? What do they do? Let they get in there? And they wear them all loose, don't they? just you're like, tie your shoe, man. Right before game time, what do they do? They get down there. Um, um, Take their feet up and get them ready. Before you even get out of bed, you should be spiritually ready for whatever's going to happen in that day. There's going to be some challenges. And in fact, if you're a spiritual warrior, you're going to say, ah, 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 Let's go. Right? You're going to say, I'm ready, God. I'm ready to witness to somebody. I'm ready to own up to my sin today, to somebody. I'm ready to make a relationship right today. I'm ready to tithe today. I've been an old curmudgeon, stick in the mud, holding on to my money, my self-interest. But today I'm, I'm ready to die to myself and give God what he's due and obey God in my tithes and offerings. You see, all, all those things are spiritual. And then what? And then we have the shield of faith, Right? big shield of faith. What's that? Jesus puts his hands up, gives you that shield, puts that on you, and that's what you believe. What do you believe about God? Do you you believe that there's many ways up the mountain, there's many faces of God, and God could be whatever he wants? That's the purveying thought today. The, The government wants to tell you, we'll tolerate all religion. Can I tell you? Religious tolerance, granted by the government, is not religious liberty that our forefathers said didn't come from the government. And that shield of faith, I'm sure of. And so I'll stand there. I'm sure of my faith. I don't need permission to believe. Hallelujah. And the helmet of salvation. Oh, this one's precious to me. This one's precious to me. Have you ever doubted your salvation? This one's precious to me. Because the helmet comes on and says, Doug, you're saved, man. You're saved. I saved you. I saved you for all eternity. I saved you back when you were 11 years old. I memorized Ephesians 2, 8, 9. I got stuck on my sin, and I repented, and I prayed. And God saved me. And can I tell you something? My sins then, compared to my sins now, don't compare. But when God saved me, He said, it's finished. And all my sins, past, present, and future, known and unknown, stubborn and easy, big and little, God washed away. And every day, Jesus puts His hands up and puts on my head you don't have to listen to the devil Doug you don't have to listen to those guilty accusations you're saved man I've washed you. now walk upright and that's exercising my spirit this is I'm telling you this is how to be how to, how to exercise your spirit know your spirit I'm saved I'm saved I'm saved I am saved I'm never not going to be saved I'm going to be saved today and I'm going to be saved tomorrow. I'm going to be saved this minute and I'm going to be saved an hour from now. And I'm going to think like a person who's saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah means praise God. And it's in the Bible. And I'm going to say it. And I'm going to say it in Myers on I am aisle 6 when I get two for one. Amen? Because my God said He's going to promise for me. And, and I was going to come and I was going to buy one peanut butter huh. But brother, I'm going home with two peanut butters. And the half has not been told. Because there's a city whose builder and maker is God. And he said, I'm going to prepare that place for you. And I'm looking for a city. Hallelujah. And God says, there's rewards for those that are looking. And there's rewards for those that are loving it. Amen. And there's spiritual rewards. And then we have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praise God for a God, man of God that's feeding you and preaching you and growing you. Brave enough to have me come here. Hallelujah. But you ought to grow spiritually and start doing this yourself. You see, I was paying for a trainer and I realized, I know how to do all this. Just quit stuffing your mouth. Amen. Quit eating cupcakes. Start taking walks, and you can do it. <laughs> I don't need pay someone to do that. Now, you, you need your pastor, but at the same time, you ought to start exercising yourself spiritually. You know what I love about heaven? The Bible says when we get in Christ, here's the greatest liberating thought: there's neither male nor female. You see, right now, women have to submit. It's in the Bible. <laughs> Lady, do you realize that in Christ you have a liberation from every curse that a woman ever had? And that when you get to heaven, right now your legal standing before God. My wife's legal standing before God is the same as my legal standing before God. Not because of me, but because she's saved, because of Jesus. And when we get to heaven, there's no giving or taking in marriage. But you know what there is? Perfect love of with between all of us. See, right now, we get to fussing at each other. Right now, there's. I love her, but this days I don't like her. And right now, there's months that she doesn't like me. <laughs> but in heaven, there'll be perfect submission one to another. There'll be perfect knowledge of each other. One, there won't be want or there won't be need. God will have provided for all those things. What am I saying? Man, you're to be a warrior, but lady, you're to be a warrior. You're to get your own Bible. You're to get on your own knees. You just say your own hallelujahs. God wants you to be spiritual. I, I I never get out of bed unless someone yells fire to where I don't do this. Every day I wake up and praise. Praise you, God. Praise you in my spirit. In who you are, what you've done. And then thank you, God, for so great salvation. Thank you. I thank him for everything. I thank him for my kids. I thank him for spiritual things. I thank him for physical things. I got the coolest truck. So I just, I just, I just like it. Amen. Doesn't make me cool. Nothing can make me cool. But man, it's a cool truck. You've seen my truck. It's a cool truck. All the time, I had kids. Poor preacher. Minivan. 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 That's not cool. That's never gonna be cool. <laughs> And I would pull up in my minivan with all my kids, Brother Henry. And, and, and I would pull up and I'd pull up next to the truck and I'd look over at that guy and I thought, he looks happy. <laughs> <laughs> Self-interest. Covetousness. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me tell you this. Start every day by putting the armor on. Let, let Christ be in you, die to yourself, and let him put that armor on so that you know your body, you know your soul, but you know your spirit. And you begin to exercise it. From from, You're going to have to get better and better and better at this. Some of you, uh, Coach Izzo, would never put you in the game because you don't know how to exercise your spirit. You don't know how to run, you don't know how to dribble, you don't know how to shoot. God God would never, never put you in the game. If you want to get in the game, you've got to be spiritual. Right? Big brothers are supposed to help little brothers, the Bible says, in their spirituality. So let me give you an extra hint. Start doing this every morning before you get out of bed. But here's a great hint. Now I lay me down to sleep. Lay my body down to sleep. I don't know if my soul can sleep. But I pray that my spirit would be alive all night. Christ, that you'd be in me. David said he met with God at midnight. Upon his bed and upon his couch. Lord, be in my dreams. My mama used to say, sweet dreams. Lord, would you give me sweet dreams? Lord, this is a time when, I, when I'm weak. That's when I'm strong. That's, that's a spiritual statement. So put your armor on at night where no evil can attack you. And when you wake up in the morning, you'll find that all night long you've been abiding. Hallelujah. Do the most important thing. You want to be fervent in spirit, like Paul told us in Romans. You've got to armor up. You've got to armor up. We've got some spiritual fights. They're spiritual fights. There's spiritual wickedness in high places. And it's not just running for office. It's not just running a campaign. It's not just getting signatures. It's not. That's a part of it. We're to put our body to the test and to the task. We're to put our soul to the, t- to the test and to the task. But we're to, we're to be spiritual together. And who could be against us in that? We can't lose in that. And brother, we're, you're, you're with me. We're trying to give our pastor, brethren, courage. Because it's discouraging out there. We're trying to give churches bravery. And that's how you do it. And all God's people said, Amen. You have listened marvelously, wonderfully, wonderfully. And I thank you for everything today, and I hope I can come back sometime, preacher, minister, serve uh, with you. I'm glad for kindred churches, with schools, and buses, and, and you know, doing all, doing all the right things. And so I, I commend you publicly in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and before all his holy angels, beloved, good work. Keep it up. Don't quit. And uh, you raise these kids upright. Spank them every day. <laughs> And that guy right there just turned and said, that's the only thing he heard me say tonight. <laughs> and, and, and your daughter, I think we need to take up an offering for your daughter. <laughs> in that. Amy will be, be out by the table. She's the most wonderful spiritual person that I know. So ladies get to know her as well. Let's close our service in prayer tonight.